hello and welcome to my little house of prayer. I am your host, Dayla Smith. I'm so very glad that you could join me today. Let us open with prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you thanking you for this wonderful time of fellowship with my friends who are tuning in and with you. And Father, let the words that come out of my mouth be your words, not mine. Because it's not about me, it's all about you. I thank you right now. Speak to our hearts, Lord, in Jesus Christ of Nazareth's name. Amen. Okay. I was looking at my friend yesterday, a wonderful sister in Christ. All of a sudden, my heart was so heavy. I said with sadness in my heart, Sis, this world is becoming crazier and crazier. Then I tuned in to one of my favorite preachers. The title of his message was, Is What Caught My Eye, What Concerns Me Most by Perry Stone. He helped me see the world as he sees it. And what a powerful vision it was. It made my heart heavier for the people of this world. You know, friends and family members who, that have not made Christ their Lord. People who have found it much easier to buy into the lie of this world. Everybody's doing it. How can it be wrong? Guys, the hours are winding down. If the Bible isn't true, why are so many of its prophecies coming to pass? If you don't believe me, read the Bible from front to back, I dare you. And for those of us who know the Lord but don't want to look too deeply at the prophecies, I really implore you to do so. For the lost and those who are not willing to leave their life of sin, the prophecies bring fear. But for those of us who are believers, it is a message of hope and our roadmap home. One of the things that concerned Brother Perry Stone was the loss of attendance to the church. He went in depth in his concern, which made me look at these days with alarm. He quoted from the book of Jasher, a lost scroll, Jasher 5.5, and all who follow the Lord died in those days before they saw the evil which God declared to do upon earth. Perry Stone spoke how Methuselah died the week of the flood, the time frame of everything that happened. He compared that what happened with Noah and the flood to what is happening in the world today. This is just a condensed version of his message. I really suggest that you check it out for yourself. He is on YouTube. Anyway, as I typed this title, I was thinking of King David, how he faced the giant Goliath. When everyone else in his family, friends, tribe, and tongue were shaking in their boots, David faced the giant with total trust in the Lord his God. Then I thought of the wilderness experiences of Israel after they left Egypt. But now the title has taken on even more ways to look at this. As I thought of what Brother Perry was talking about, I thought of how 
He started off with a look at Noah and at today. I kept hearing this scripture in my heart. Matthew 24, 37 through 39. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Everyone likes to quote the scripture as they look at what is happening in the world these days. Many like to quote this one also, Luke 17, 26 through 30. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. But are we allowing the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to convict us of our sin in the way it is intended to repent of those sins and ask the Father for His forgiveness? through his son Jesus Christ to allow the Holy Spirit to take our lives in a new and different direction I don't own a television yet the Lord always makes sure that the pertinent information gets to me if you own one and are seeing all of the chaos going on in the world today all kinds of emotions can take hold of your heart but the Lord says in John 16, 32-33, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. If Jesus Christ is our example, then we are to follow his example and let his words encourage our hearts. I do know this, that this is not the hour to shut ourselves in from the world. This is the hour to stand up in boldness of the Lord and proclaim the gospel to anyone who will stand still long enough to hear it. We are to live our lives in such a way that others want what we have. People are looking for an overcoming church, not a defeated one. When the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, he pretty much told them, Hey, I'm, I am going to not only bring you out of Egypt, but I will do it supernaturally. And it will be in such a grand way that all of your enemies will stand and take notice. After I deliver you from the evil hands of the Egyptians, you will still have battles to fight. But if you follow me with all of your heart, soul, and mind, 
I will help you overcome them. I want to show myself strong and be able and able to be trusted in all areas of our lives. I am that I am will provide all that you need. I am taking you somewhere, but you have to trust me. This conversation is in Exodus chapter 3. This conversation sounds a lot like the words of the Lord, Mark 13, 1 through 13. And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples saith unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answering and said unto him, Seest thou these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple. Peter, James, and John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And when you shall hear wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled, for such things must needs be. But the end shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be earthquakes in divers places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginning of sorrows. But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to the councils, and in the synagogues you shall be beaten, and you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what you will speak, neither do ye premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Now the brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father the son, and children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. That sounds exactly like what is going on in the world today, doesn't it? So then if you read through their journey from Egypt to the wilderness, everything was going exactly as the Lord had told them. But the results were not quite what the Lord had promised in the beginning. The whole point of the wilderness was to overcome all adversities by putting their whole trust in the Lord. When we read about their journey, they became a continual hardship to the intercessor and pastor. The Lord brings them to his mountain to worship him. They get there and he asks them to come into the mountain. Instead of trusting the one who has shown himself merciful and faithful time and again, they become afraid. Why? Because they were looking at it from a natural standpoint. 
God hates sin, but he does not hate the sinner. It is our choices that can separate us, even eternally, from him. He delivered them from the hands of the Egyptians. Why would he kill them now? Instead of being overcomers, they carried with them the defeated lifestyle they once had in Egypt. They were constantly bickering, complaining, and murmuring. Looks like a picture of most of us, doesn't it? Each and every circumstance we come to, God, you brought us here to die. Lord, are you even there? I don't think you hear me, God, because if you do, my life would be a bed of roses without any thorns. Is this beginning to paint a complete picture for us? You know, there is an old saying that I have adopted to my Christian walk. I want to be able to sleep at night. I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror without wincing. The Lord promises in the book of Psalms to give us sweet sleep. Did you know that he created our bodies so intricately that while we are sleeping, it repairs itself? With that picture in mind, why would he himself harm you? Or if he saw fit to bring you to it, why would he not bring you through it? This would be opposite of who he is and his very nature. 1 John 4, 7-10 Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God had sent his only begotten Son into the world, that he might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but he, that he loved us, and sent his Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Now don't we all start looking down our noses at the Israelites and pointing our fingers at them? We are no better than they are. If it wouldn't be for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and the sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit, we would be without hope like they were. Only those who truly walked with the Lord in those days and lived a repentant lifestyle according to the law of the Lord made it into paradise. Heaven did not become their home till after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So with this picture in mind, when we become Christians and truly decide to walk with Christ, Christ has one mission, to bring us to the one he loves most, his Father. Then the Father brings us to the one that he loves most, his Son. The Lord Jesus Christ, in the help of his companion, begins to take us into a spiritual wilderness. The wilderness is to build our faith. Luke 18, 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Just like the Israelites had to battle giants both spiritually and physically, we also face giants physically and spiritually. 
you know, trials and circumstances. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 19. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf, on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing, as unto a faithful creator. So looking at the world today, we are faced with so many challenges. But I am here to encourage you. Please do not let fear grip your heart. Put all of your trust in Him. He has not brought us this far to leave us. He cares for us more than anything else in this world. I'm going to say this again, and I don't mean this as an attack. Please ask the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The days are soon going to be upon us that will bring challenges, and without Him we will not make it to the end. He is there to help us make right decisions in our walk with the Lord. John 16, 1-14 These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father, nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you asketh me, Whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it, when he, the 
Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but who, whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. I hope this is encouraging to you. I know it is for me. We are to take what is happening in the world to, today to speak to the lost, that we would all ask the Lord for a burden for the lost, the lovable and the unlovable. And remember, the lost will always act lost. That is why we are to be an overcoming church, not a defeated church. We're to live out our lives as an epitaph for the lost, not one of murmuring, complaining, and backbiting, but one of rejoicing, exalting, and loving. So I want to take, this, take time out to address these subjects. First, if you do not know the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, let me introduce you to him. It is really simple. First, you must acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, according to the mirror of the law of the Lord. Ask Him for His forgiveness for all of your sins and call them out to Him. Thank Him for His forgiveness. Then forgive those who have sinned or transgressed against you. Then repent. Repent means to change your mind concerning sinful habits. Change your choice-making decisions. Let him influence your choice-making decisions as you get in his holy word. Ask him to be Lord over your life. I want to pray this prayer with you, but this is just an outline. The real work begins after I pray with you, because it is a very personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and he wants to hear your words, not mine. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and for answering my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Second, if you do not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the gift of speaking in tongues, I want to pray with you. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for offering this wonderful gift to me. First of salvation, now the precious Holy Spirit. I accept your gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I praise your holy name and want, you, want to know you more. The Holy Spirit promises to help me know you more. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now begin to praise and thank him for it. Open up your mouth by faith. Let the words roll out. You might even feel a bubble in your stomach. Don't be afraid. That is the rivers of water that Jesus talks about that will bubble out of your belly. Let it come out. You may just have one syllable to start. That's okay. As you pray that one syllable, he will cause that language to grow. Just remember to praise and thank the Lord for it. For those who don't speak in tongues right away, quit focusing on the gift. 
focus on the giver of the gift. When you do that long enough, you will begin to speak in tongues. Remember, He loves you and wants you to make heaven your home more than you do. He loves you and so do I. Now for those of you who have decided to follow after Christ today, I want to let you know that all of heaven is rejoicing over your decision today. I want to rejoice with you also. And for those of you who have decided to ask the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Spirit today, I am so excited for you. Please, if you have made a decision concerning either or both of these choices, or this message has spoken to you in some way, or if you have any prayer requests, please let me know by either commenting or by emailing me at my number one little afmp at aol.com. I would love to hear from you. So let's close in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this wonderful time of fellowship over your word, Lord, that we were able to break bread together. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, I love you with the love of the Lord, but Jesus Christ of Nazareth will always love you more.